talking about thanks you guys for that just applause that you did on your own i appreciate that so much give it up for yourselves for coming out to put your hands together tonight and give it up for ryan McMenamin in the booth our producer of the podcast also our wonderful introer giving it his all i feel like i'm walking out to uh, monday night raw or whatever that stuff is i don't watch wrestling i don't understand it You guys are like, what's happening? You're missing something. Yeah, my wife's not here. It's just a single wife female tonight. <laughs> Ryan liked that one. <laughs> no, you guys, my co-host Cameron Esposito is not here tonight, but you can give it up for her. She can hear you from a couple miles away. We are, I don't know if you guys know this, but we're working on the second season of our TV show, Take My Wife. That is happening. I'm making you guys get your arm steps in tonight. I hope your Fitbits are counting right now. Counts claps. Um, yeah, so we're working on that show, and she uh, is working on that show, and I am working on this show. <laughs> we're splitting it up, and you guys are like, I don't care. Where's the jokes? Well, I don't know if you, do you like my outfit? I feel like I just really like my outfit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do love this show. You guys are just like, yes, I like it. <laughs> I feel like I just walked out of an Instagram. <laughs> Been working on the Instagram all the live long day. <sighs> That's me. I'm feeling, feeling weird. Everything's weird right now. Can't sleep. I'm an insomniac. Are there any other insomniacs here? Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh my God, I love you. Oh, I don't even know what to do with that. That was so perfect. It could only have been better if two of you went, we're both tired. <laughs> oh man, that is the perfect response. I have been an insomniac for 30 years since I was four. I try, I try to think of myself as like a young four-year-old insomniac. Just like, I don't know, I just can't sleep. I'm an insomniac. <laughs> and I'm a sleepwalker. I don't know if you guys know that about me. I sleepwalk, I get my steps in at night <laughs> when I'm not paying any attention. It's a weird thing to do. Like, uh, some people make entire careers out of it, but I, mine are just, um, I just can't um, sleep. <laughs> and I walk around at night and I just sort of float wherever I am. I just kind of get up and then I just stand there. I describe it to people as when I was a kid, I used to go to arcade games, like go to play arcade games. My dad would take me to Aladdin's Castle. Yeah. It, <laughs> yes. Not an insomniac. Yeah, that's from uh, Northeastern Ohio, I think is the only place that it was, but it was just all video games and hockey and stuff. And he would just give me a bag of quarters and then go flirt with women in the mall and I would play <laughs> arcade games by myself. And then I would run out of quarters and I would be standing in an arcade just playing the demo. But you can't play the, I mean, you can't play the demo, but you're a kid, so you're like, I have an imagination. And so you'd be, think you were playing the demo, and I'd be playing this game with a, whatever, and then all of a sudden my movement and the demo would line up, and I'd be like, wait, am I playing this? <laughs> and that's exactly what sleepwalking is like, because I'll just be like, wait, am I playing this? <laughs> so anyway, that's my hot two minutes on sleepwalking. <laughs> My dog barfed on my knee today, and I didn't move at all. I think I'm gonna be a good mom, dad, whatever I'm gonna be. He just barfed on my other pair of khakis that I'm trying out. I usually wear jeans. I was like, maybe I'll try this. I don't know, it's confusing. And uh, so my dog was just, he was wearing a LeBron James jersey. 
typical. And he had a little too much peanut butter and we were in the middle of a meeting and he just went on my knee. And everyone else went, oh my God. And I went, what? (laughs) So I'm gonna be a great parent. I'm playing fantasy baseball. Not a single response to that. (laughs) Got a little bit for insomnia, one for Aladdin's castle, nothing for sports. This is a good crowd. I like baseball a lot. I like it. It's a boring sport. Nobody else likes it. That's why I like it. It's like the library of sports. People are like, yeah, okay, it's there, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. Why why would you do... I could just buy that. Why would I... (laughs) But now I'm playing fantasy baseball, which just makes me even more competitive about a thing I shouldn't be caring about at all. But I do like to watch white men fail, and so it's perfect for that. (sighs) But also, who am I kidding? Playing fantasy baseball. I'm a woman. It's always fantasy baseball. (laughs) One tiny clap from the corner. Did I tell you guys that I went to a Cleveland Cavaliers game at at Staples Center? I like to host this show as though it's just my living room and you guys are like, when did I get to her living room? I don't understand. <laughs> but this was a show. I just ask you questions and you go, mmm. Mmm, I don't remember. <laughs> I went, my friend has really, really, really nice tickets to Clippers games because she's a huge Clippers fan. And she knew I was a big Cleveland Cavaliers fan because I'm from Akron, Ohio, also home of the King LeBron James. Don't you dare boo him. I will make you leave. (laughs) He's all I've got these days. (laughs) So I just wanted to go see him play basketball for the first time because I'd never seen him play basketball ever. Not one time because I was like three years. I'm three years older than him. So I didn't see him play in high school because I was already off doing nothing. And um, (laughs) so I missed it. And so she got these tickets. She's like, yeah, they're really great seats. I'm so happy for you because she is in Texas working, so we couldn't go together. So I brought a friend. I was super excited. I, like, picked out an outfit. I, like, tried to figure out which outfit to wear. I went with the away jersey and some cool socks and whatever. Anyways, and so we went. I was super excited. Like, have you ever gotten, like, really nice tickets to something and you actually don't know how good they are? And then when you get there, you keep finding out at different levels, like, how amazing it is. And then you're like, I shouldn't be here. This is definitely not... Am I allowed? And they're like, yes, please come in. And you like enter through a Lexus car and you're like, this is not, I didn't understand. (laughs) You have to drive it through the stables that are like, this can't be part of it. (laughs) When I was trying to find the entrance, there was a street team just practicing and I was like, yes, this is great. And then I went around. Then it ended up being the street team that later played. Anyways, it was fantastic. There were little children and their, their Bluetooth wasn't working and their like street team dancing coach was like, I don't care if the Bluetooth isn't working. You dance, you dance, you dance. <laughs> so I've been trying to just keep that in my heart whenever I'm feeling sad. I'm like, I don't care if the Bluetooth isn't working. You dance, you dance, you dance. <laughs> so... I went through the Lexus vehicle. I drove it around through the stable center a little bit and then ended up like, wa- I, you, the, the, t- the tickets, you walk through the, t- the player tunnel. Like you walk through the thing where the carts are and all the people are and you're like, I, I shouldn't be in here. And I, I mean, I just look like a little kid just going like. <laughs> and so then there was also like a little restaurant that you could go into that had like junk food and like a soft serve bar and like booze and like all this stuff uh, that I didn't have because I was like vibrating with joy. And so I'm like eating all this food and then I get a text from my mom that says like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) Why is my mom texting me? Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And then another text pops up and it says, LeBron isn't playing. Exactly. I don't care if the Bluetooth isn't working. You dance, you dance, you dance. And I was just like, <laughs> well, I wouldn't be much of a fan if I was upset about this, now would I? Because I care about the team. And I was just trying to hold it on inside. 
And then it was true that like all three of their top players were not playing at all. And it was the first time I was seeing this team play and I was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. The Bluetooth isn't working, but I'm going to dance, dance, dance. And then I sat in the seats and I was a row behind the scorer's table. There was one row of human beings and then the basketball game. And I was like, it's fine. It's totally fine. Their C string is playing. Who cares? They're deep bench people I've never heard of before. I think they just got this guy. I don't even know who that is. Is that Slider from the baseball team? <laughs> but at least sometimes when they bench players, they don't even come to the game. And I was like, please God, let him just be in the building. And then he did show up and I was like losing it. And uh, he didn't play at all. And he got up one time from the bench and when those dancers came out, he was like, Watching these little kids like into it, I was like, that is cool. That is super cool. He's like cheering for these little kids and he's such a good guy that he's just cheering for these little kids. And then there was a, another timeout and then the like um, adult women dancers came out and he was like. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> but then there was another timeout like all in the near the end of the third quarter and he grabbed a basketball, bounced at one time, threw up a layup and I was like, I've seen basketball I did it but the whole time there was a kid sitting next to me who was maybe like seven or eight I can't tell ages of children I'm just like they're children they don't do anything yet I can't tell how old they are and he was super excited too and I kept just like looking at him like oh my god I'm we were like sharing these like moments of LeBron James or whatever and then I was getting ready to leave and I was saying bye to him and his mom and I realized that we were wearing the exact same <laughs> LeBron James jersey. And I don't just mean like, oh, we were wearing the same color combo and stuff. I mean, we were both wearing a child size <laughs> LeBron James jersey. And then when I left, because you had to leave through the tunnel of the Staples Center and walk past the bench, I had to walk past LeBron James <laughs> to leave the game that I did not get to see him play in. And as I walked by, I just went, thank you, LeBron James, like a child wearing a child size LeBron James jersey. And he did not turn his head, but he went. <laughs> Which like the jury is just still out, still out on that one, whether it was cool or not. I can't tell. I was like, can't tell if I blew it or not. Can't tell, just can't tell. We have a great show and I'm going to start it very soon, but I just want to tell you one more thing because it feels like fun. And my wife isn't here, so I get to talk about this. We went on, we went on our honeymoon uh, and we went to Hawaii, which was really fun because um, neither of us had been there. So it was like really fun to go to a place that neither of us had been. And uh, actually when we started dating, uh, she helped me realize some things about myself, uh, many things, but the, the number one thing that she helped me realize is that I do not know how to swim. And I thought I did. <laughs> you ever thought you knew how to swim and then you found out you didn't? <laughs> that is a big realization to learn as like a full adult human being. Because we went on vacation uh, with each other to Palm Springs and I got in the pool and I was like having this great time. And then I looked up and she was just standing on the side of the pool going, sweetheart, you don't know how to swim. <laughs> the whole time I thought I was like, But then her saying that like pulled me into a reality. It was like pulling me out of my arcade sleepwalking. I was like sleep swimming. I realized I was just going like. <laughs> and she was like, she was a lifeguard uh, out, out of high school. She was on the swim team. So she like really knows how to swim like the actual swimming kind. <laughs> And so when we, when we went to Hawaii, she's also very uh, afraid of heights. And so Hawaii was like a perfect Venn diagram of all the things that are difficult for us. So <laughs> we went for a hike to a beach to check it out. And like, it was just uphill and then it curved around a mountain. And, the, the, and I'm like, not that scared of those kinds of heights because I'm a badass, but <laughs> it curved around and it looked like there was nothing to walk on, but it was just like an optical illusion. And I was like, I'm gonna be really nice. I'm gonna get my wife up this mountain. We're on our honeymoon. We must accomplish. And so we get up to the top. I was like, I swear it's great. And then she, I like got her up to the thing. Then we got to the beach. I was like, well, I got her here. I'm gonna swim now. 
And so we get into this amazing pool. I was like, I'm just going to try it out. Just go for it. You don't have to go very far. You can totally do this. You can do this. And I just tell her like, hey, I'm going to swim a little bit. <laughs> Keep an eye on me. Because uh, I can't swim and I'm going to try to do something I can't do. Because you only live once. Yeah. So she like gets in the water, I get in the water and I'm like having this great time. And then I think she thought I was okay enough to just like hang out and she wanted to have this experience. And so she just started swimming away and I was like, hey, hey, and started to, um, I don't know, drown. And, and she was like looking at me like, hey, you okay? You okay over there? And I think she thought I was like joking or something, which <laughs> And so I was like, back and hit me! And so she swam over and grabbed me and she was like, what's going on? And I was like, I'm drowning! And she was like, you're not drowning. And I was like, I don't think you get to decide that. I love to end on a drowning joke. Oh, I gotta get half and half later. That's the other thing I have to remember. Oh, <laughs> uh, you guys, it's great. It's great. Wasn't this great? It was great. You loved it. You didn't love it because you're not clapping. <laughs> it's gonna continue to be fun. I am delirious. My hair is falling down. Whatever. Everything's fine. I did get a fresh haircut. You know, thank you. Thank you. The three of you that were like, Aladdin's Castle, woo! <laughs> I don't have a joke for that. I was going to make a joke about my haircut, and then I was like, no, it's just a good haircut. <laughs> yeah, is right. <sighs> oh, I can't think of anything funnier than I need to get half and half. So do you guys want to get the show started? Yeah. We have so many amazing comics, and they're going to be so funny for you. This first comic... And she is one of my favorite, favorite comics. I was on um, a cruise with her recently, and she just absolutely crushed. So I cannot wait for you guys to listen to the amazing jokes of Miss Jackie Cation right now. We were on a cruise together, and uh, that hug, that attempted hug right there, uh, really personified that nerd cruise. <laughs> That nerd cruise was the, gr I walked onto that cruise and I was like, oh, home. Because it was literally 1,780 people and we were all given two buttons that we could wear at any time. One that said, yes, I can do friendship right now. <laughs> Not even kidding. And then, no, I cannot do friendship right now. And I was like, yes, I am going to wear these out. I have not worn them out. Um, but they are the greatest buttons in the world. And if you see someone say, that wearing a button that says, no, I can't do friendship right now, just uh, wave. They just want to be out and see people. It's just, hey, I'm on the spectrum. Fuck off. That's the whole T-shirt. It's, uh, I like people. I just, don't touch me. Okay, so... Um, now, here we are and Put Your Hands Together. So I'm going to try this. I have a new album out. You should all go buy it. It's called I Am Not the Hero of This Story. And I'm going to tell you a story uh, which is not on that album, uh, which is doing quite well. Thank you. Anyway, uh, but here's the scoop about it. Uh, is, uh, I'm not the hero of this fucking story because I pushed an old man. Now, oh yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's great. I feel real strong about it. Anyway, uh, traditionally, I have never been a political comic, uh, but I am now. Because uh, I am alive. And, uh, yeah, and we are on this show, and you guys have heard it. And uh, so you know, but the, here's the scoop. Did you ever see the movie Speed 2? <laughs> Speed 2 is a horrible movie. Speed 1, a classic. It's about a bus, can't go over 55. Good stuff. Anyway, Speed 2 is set on a cruise ship uh, that is inexorably heading toward the land. That's the whole premise. <laughs> Willem Dafoe will not stop sending it toward the land. That's the whole plan. It's going to crash into the land. And it is like watching someone run at you with a knife for an hour and a half. <laughs> and that is the current state of our government. I cannot... There's no one... There's nothing to do, right? Like, I've marched... 
on the theater. I've written to the projectionist. I've tried to talk to the manager. And no one will fucking turn it off. So, we're spending a lot of time at the concession stand, you guys. Uh, and doing some rewriting. Anyway, so uh, just trying to calm the fuck down. So, but here's the scoop. Um, I uh, am... Uh, you know how they say it takes a village to raise a child? I um, have always been a villager. And so I am a fucking bossy magoo is what I am. I am uh, out in the world. I am the one who's like, if I go in a bathroom and someone is on their phone on the toilet, I will flush a lot. And I'd be like, you know you're on a toilet talking to somebody. I hate it. And you always think it's going to be like, I consistently always am surprised when it is not a teenager, a girl child. I'm in the women's room. So, uh, but it is always a woman, but it is always uh, all, the, all the rainbow. The rainbow is available. It is elderly women. It is professional women in a pinstripe skirt. It is uh, Asian women and Latino women. There's an old black lady on her phone fucking making a deal while she's sitting on the pot. And uh, Grammacation can't fucking take it. Anyway, but here's a scoop. In other news, in more political news, about a month ago, I live in Van Nuys. Hold your applause. Uh, I am... So my in-laws are visiting, and um, my husband has two mommies, so his moms are visiting, and I see on the internet that there is an immigration setup on Van Nuys Boulevard, and I lose my tiny lizard mind, and I'm like, I'm going, I'm going. I'm going to be a white lady meat shield and get in the way. <laughs> and my husband can't go because his moms are there, and he's like, what are you doing? And I said, we need dish soap. We need dish, just dish soap. We have some dish soap. And I said, there's an ice setup on Van Nuys Boulevard. I gotta go. And he goes, wow, all right. Well, if you get arrested, call me for bail money. And uh, I love that man. Anyway, so I get in my car. I drive down Van Nuys. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. I go uh, to get dish soap because uh, there's dish soap to be purchased. And uh, so I go to the grocery store, Ralph's, and I come out of the Ralph's and in front of me is an old man. He is 80. He is not homeless looking or crazy looking in any way, shape, or form. He's wearing like khakis, a belt, a polo shirt, and holding a loaf of French bread. He is walking out the door in front of me, and he is starting to yell and then continuing to yell at the rent-a-cop guy, who is a black man. And he is saying the N-word, he is saying that he is from Haiti, that he has fucked monkeys, and that he caused AIDS. And it goes on like that. Ten years ago, I uh, would have just looked at the rent-a-cop and gone, what the fuck's the matter with that guy? Hey, how's it going? And, uh, no, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Jackie Cation wants to be Meat Shield uh, Captain America. So... And I find out later that that's A, what I should have done, is talk to the rent-a-cop guy and go, what the fuck? Because uh, rent-a-cop guy, by the way, was laughing because it was the third time probably that it had happened that day, uh, which of course is horrifying and, and sad and hilarious, only to me, good for me. Okay, so uh, I, uh, but I, so I follow the old man out the door and I'm, as he's walking by, he's still yelling this shit and I was like, what the fuck is your, pro and I'm just yelling obscenities and I'm like, no, no, why don't you say that to a middle-aged white lady, you fucking piece of shit? And it goes like that for a long time. Seconds, moments, minute and a half, too long. And uh, finally, and he says, I don't know, what, sh shut up. This has nothing to do with you. It doesn't have anything to do with you. And I said, it has everything to do with me because I'm an American and it's America. And he says to me, Pah, America. And I turned into a fucking country music song. <laughs> and I push him. I stiff arm him. I don't push him over, but I push him and it isn't okay. There's no hitting. Granted, at this point, the only person I could take is an 80-year-old man. But I push him into some carts. Uh, he doesn't fall over. He just he, And I just keep yelling at him, and we both go to our cars. And I just yelling at him, yell. And he doesn't ever yell. I'm like, why don't you say something mean to me? I'm just, I'm just another, you know, don't you think something horrible about women, too? And he was like, he's like, just doesn't have nothing to do with And I was like, and I'm losing. And the thing is, is there are many different ways to have dealt with this. The other way I'm told to have dealt with this is that I should say to that person, can you hear what you're saying?
Uh, can you hear what you're saying over and over until they die of boredom, I guess? Uh, can you hear? I, uh, I'm part of the village raising you. Shut the fuck up. What are you doing? Hey, stop talking like that. We don't talk like that like in America, like that, ideally. Uh, we do, but uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to live in an ideal here. So, uh, we're trying to build something. So, um... So I am not the hero of that story because I'll tell you what Captain America doesn't do afterwards. Uh, go sit in his car and cry. Uh, yeah, that doesn't happen. Captain America doesn't cry in his car afterwards. That doesn't happen. He doesn't not tell her, uh, his husband uh, for three days. Uh, he doesn't <laughs> sit on that story for a long time and not tell anyone. And, uh, and then to finally reveal the dirtbag that I was. And, uh, and, and, uh, and my husband goes, you know who carries guns? 80-year-old white guys. <laughs> so uh, not great. Not great with the hitting. No hitting. Until he said, no hitting until we just start lining them up against the walls. Don't worry about it. So, uh... Uh-huh, uh-huh. Did you guys know that we were going to be the bad guys in World War III? I did not know that. I did not know that. I did not call that. So... Uh, cheerful story to go. Cheerful, cheerful story to go. Uh, so, um, I, uh, what do I want out of life? I wrote two new dick jokes. Here you go. Uh, I felt pretty good, but I had a cold for a long time, so I just laid there thinking, guess who's not having any sex? And uh, so I thought for a long time about sex while I was lying there with my cold. And uh, didn't have any, just thought about it a lot. You guys ever do that? Just sitting around thinking about sex a lot, and then you write a dick joke? Nobody? Just me? Uh, here's what happened. I'm sitting there, and I think, you know what would be funny? Is gentlemen, while performing oral sex upon a lady, you know what uh, nobody, uh, a lady should never have to say, no, no, my right. Okay, that was one of them. And then the other one was, uh, if a gentleman, uh, if a gentleman, my husband would be the one, uh, if the fella is down there doing some good work, uh, killing it, shall we say, uh, maybe, because I'm super romantic, maybe he doesn't want to hear, you should get in on this. <laughs> Yeah, those are both real new. Uh, so I'll leave you on this one, which is uh, my favorite current joke, which is that uh, I like to read. I'm going to tell you the, the tantric sex joke. Here's the thing. I like to read some poorly written uh, uh, historical romances sometimes. That's what I like to read. Poorly written, poorly researched. I like to read them. I like to read them sometimes. There's, uh, there's a lot of downtime in my brain that needs to be happening. So right now, nonstop, since the election, I've spent at least $800 on romance novels. <laughs> Not proud of it, but, uh, you know, do what you gotta do. So, uh, I'm not sustaining it alone, jackasses. Okay, so, uh, here's a scoop. I'm reading a romance novel. Supposedly my protagonist was describing uh, different tantric sex acts. Now, we don't know if they were really tantric sex acts because it was a romance novel. It was a novel. We don't know the amount of research she put into this. Uh, it could have been anything. Uh, but, and we'll never know, because I'm not Googling. So, uh, but here was the one of the moves that she described that I thought was awesome, which was nine short strokes, one deep stroke. Eight shallow strokes, two deep strokes. Seven and three, six and four, five and five, four and six, three and seven, two and eight. And so you do ten deep, long strokes. It's supposed to make the sex last longer. Everybody's supposed to have a good time. Uh... <laughs> So I read this and I think, I would like to try this. I said, I got a fella at the house. We're all sanctioned by God and the government, right? And, uh, and so one time we're going at it, we're doing it like we do. And, uh, and I think, oh, I want to try the thing, but he has not read the book. And he does not know the move. And I do not tell him. Uh, he's just a good sport. Let me take over the reins a little bit. And so we're going at it. Nine and one, eight and two, seven and three, six and four, five and five, four and six, until we do 10 deep, long strokes. Supposed to make everything work out. And so it came to pass. Thank you for asking. Okay, now. <laughs> Afterwards, we're cuddling like you do. And, uh, and I said to him, did you notice the thing I did in the sack right there with the sex? Because I'm super romantic. And he said, yeah, yeah, I was there. It was you and me. What was it? 
And I said, it might have been tantric sex. We don't know. We don't know. I read about it in a book. And, uh, and then I told him the long and the short of it. And, and he said, well, I'm glad you didn't tell me about it because I might have wanted to take the reins back. And then I would have wanted to do three short strokes, three long strokes, three short strokes, and then paused. Three short strokes, three long strokes, three short strokes, and then paused. Three short strokes, three long strokes, three short strokes, and then you would have been like, oh my gosh, he's in trouble. <laughs> and then I had to go look up Morse code for SOS. And he was, he was in trouble. He was drowning in the sweet, sweet cauldron of my romantic love. God, I love that punchline. I'm alone. Or he was drowning in my pussy. Is that better? <laughs> Have a good one, you guys. Thanks a lot. Jackie Cation, you guys let her hear it. <laughs> I grew up in, uh, my mom moved back in with her parents when I was a kid. And so I was raised like partially by my grandparents, mostly my grandmother. And, uh, you know, it, it gave me a cool sense of humor, and I'm really into Perry Mason, stuff like that. But she also read romance novels. But when I was a kid, I didn't realize what they were. I thought they were just books, because I was a kid, so I didn't really, you know, you don't understand the nuance of, like, what her brand was Harlequin. That was her jam. And she, I mean, she would read, like, I mean, she just had stacks and stacks of, of Harlequin romance novels. And I would, like, talk about my grandmother at school as, like, a little kid and be like, oh, yeah, my grandma reads all the time. She reads these Harlequin romance. <laughs> like, just tell, I'm just imagining myself as, like, a kid talking about these books that, like, ugh, with a cowboy on the, come on. <laughs> She's just an avid reader. She just loves to read. <sighs> Did you guys see this tweet this week that said, uh, this guy <laughs> said, it was verified, by the way, um, said the worst example of cultural appropriation ever, LGBTs. I really hate that, that they're saying LGBTs like that. Is, come on now. It should have a bunch of S's. It should be L, S, G, S, B, S, you know, come on, <laughs> fix it grammatically. Doesn't make sense. LGBTs stole the rainbow from God. It's, <laughs> it's his. He invented it. <laughs> Genesis 9-11. <laughs> Just saying. 9-11-17. Give it back. <laughs> There's a lot of things happening there. <laughs> Number one, how does he want us to give a rainbow back to God? Does he want us to take our rainbow flag and just put it on an unending flagpole and just... It's all yours, buddy. So sorry about that. We just tried to have a thing. Didn't know it was yours. My bad. You got dibs? God? Or do they want to take it back? Do, like, Christians want to take it back and then they can just walk around with rainbow flags? I would love it if, like, right-wing conservatives were like, that's right! <laughs> this is all... And then they would be like, well, we... I mean, I, they would not know what to do with it. And that is what I love so much about the gay pride flags. It's like, that shit is gay, dude. <laughs> like, you take that shit back, you're just waving us around. Like, that's us, bro. Like, I got work boots on, but that's me right there, that big old... That's a gay flag, dude. Like, it's the gay flag, and it's also a gay flag. Like, it is, you can't remove it at all. We're all unicorns with beautiful, like, rainbow manes. Sure, give it a shot, trot it around. <laughs> I would love for them to take it back. It's also very funny to me that, like, this right-wing conservative, conservative guy is saying, like, it's the worst example of cultural appropriation ever, and then he's citing the Bible. Just a thinker. Just think about that one. God. Oh, what I wouldn't do to see Paul Ryan just waving a gay flag at Congress. Like, we got it back! <laughs> you finally won one, buddy. You got it. You got it. And then he's got a gay pride flag on his lapel. Like, it's just a long con. We've been working on it for a long time. <laughs> They're just at football games with rainbows on their faces. Like, it's ours! <laughs> And then we can just all be at home like, well, we won. 
It's over. We won. They're gay now. <laughs> oh, do you want to do you want to guys keep a show going? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your support. Would you like to keep the show rolling? There it is. I certainly would. This next comic is a friend of the show, and you should check him out on the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. Please give a warm welcome to Hampton Yount. Oh my God! Wow, I that flag shit's hysterical. <laughs> I wanted to see them like make like a really heterosexual <laughs> rainbow flag. It's just like, it's anthropomorphic and it's just like holding two AK-47s. It's just like, yeah, the new hetero flag! It's like, got a boner, yeah! Jerking off to underage girls! Like, whoa, the flag has changed. Also, like, do Christians even realize why it's a Christian symbol? It's what God showed mankind after he flooded and killed every fucking person. <laughs> Means he's gonna genocide you. <laughs> it's no bueno. <laughs> well, guys, good night. <laughs> Guess we really tackled the whole Christian right tonight. They won't be coming back. <laughs> they won't be a problem every day for the next eight years. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't like stand up either. Don't worry. I uh, <laughs> I uh, I like you know laughing, but I like I I love to be scared. Like I really love haunted houses. Like I'm from the South, where the haunted houses in the South are always the same, right? They're always lame. It's like it's a dark room, and there's like blood splattered on the walls. There's like jizz caked on everything. There's like a Bowie knife shoved through a car table, and then the carny comes in. And he's like, "Get out of my trailer! Haunted houses over there!" You're like, "Ah, it's scary." <laughs> Very scary. <laughs> but I like that you guys here, you have the professional haunted houses in LA. You know, you pay a little bit of money, but you get that professional experience. You know what I mean? You pay a little bit of extra scratch. You pay a little bit of extra coin. But you get the experience of getting professional, professional out-of-work actors pretending to be monsters. And they have to commit. I feel like not enough people laughed at it. <laughs> like, like you guys all are <laughs> monsters <laughs> in your off time. <laughs> hey, buddy, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm a good leather face. How dare you? <laughs> they have to commit. Like, they'll be fired. It's so much more serious here. The stakes are so much higher. So they fully commit to being a monster. Like, I went to Halloween Horror Nights... And you go through these mazes and they pop out of these closets like dressed as monsters. It's scary. And yay, it's fun. I love it. And I went through one of these mazes and this dude pops out of the closet and he's uh, wearing the skeletal goat face mask. And he's got on these black shrouds and he's wearing these four stilts and he's like really big off the ground. He pops out of the closet and he steps on my foot really hard <laughs> with one of the stilts. And like I yell out, I'm like, ah! And he just goes, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like back into the shadows, apologizing as a monster. He was, I could hear him behind the closet door, just like, oh, God, don't tell my manager. Don't tell Kevin. <laughs> I don't want to go back to work at Chipotle. Now everyone's like, I work at Chipotle. <laughs> and I'm a monster. <laughs> this guy. I've never actually offended anybody in my act. I'm, <laughs> I'm a nice boy. I'm good. Uh, I'm a nice goody boy. <laughs> is, that a, is that a thing I can start calling myself? He's one of those goody boy comics. <laughs> Only I find this funny. <laughs> I wish I was more high energy on stage like I really do I see comics you know just come out like like fuck this dude like yeah you all ever had sex before what the fuck <laughs> and the crowd yeah, yeah see like I just made fun of that and it was the funniest thing I've done this entire set <laughs> I just want to see a comic though who's like clearly never had sex before just be like y'all be fucking with what <laughs> What the fuck? 
Y'all know that? <laughs> y'all, y'all doing that? <laughs> All right, but um, I, uh, let's see, I found a rat in my kitchen <laughs> recently, and I know it was a rat and not a mouse because some of my friends were trying to make me feel better. They're like, oh, maybe it was a mouse. I know it was a rat because at first it, I thought it was a cat. <laughs> I thought a cat had broken into my apartment. And I was like, oh, my cat's on top of the fridge. I don't own a cat. What the? And then it just disappeared into the wall, as only rats and ghosts are able to do. And rat ghosts. Only they laugh at rat ghosts. <laughs> only they are brave enough to see the absurdity of a rat ghost. What unfinished business does a rat have (laughs) on our planet? More cheese? All right, so... (laughs) I was relieved to find out it was just a rat because, like, I didn't know what was happening to my apartment for, like, two months. Like, I drank, but for, like, two months, I thought I was a spiraling, out-of-control alcoholic. And I'd like get in the mirror like and just chastise myself because I'd like find my apartment in like shambles and just be like, Hampton, what is going on with you? What is in your mind right now? Let me get this straight. You drank half a bottle of vodka. You smoked a joint. You passed out. And you got up in the middle of the night and you chewed through the side of a bag of Doritos. What is going on with you? You're like just touching the mirror. What is happening? And then it turned out I just had a vermin situation. Not chewing through my groceries. So doing pretty good. There were more times. Hampton. <laughs> Buddy. <laughs> what, is, what is happening? Let me get this straight. You smoke two joints. You drank a bottle of 7-Eleven wine. (laughs) 7-Eleven makes good wine. (laughs) Why don't people know that? The 7-Eleven vineyards are all throughout Europe. Read a book. Read any book. (laughs) They'll they'll, they'll have that fact in any book. (laughs) So you you smoked two joints, you drank a bottle of 7-Eleven wine, you fell asleep during the movie Alien vs. Predator. And you got up in the middle of the night and you cut up your turds into piles of smaller turds? You're cutting up your turds? What what hug did you not get? (laughs) Hampton! (laughs) Hampton! What is going on? Let me get this straight. You did a bong rip from a child's skull. You did a keg stand till you passed out. (laughs) And you got up in the middle of the night and you gave birth to six little baby rats? (laughs) You're a mother now? (laughs) I don't want to be a mom. Why can't I get an abortion? I know it's a rat, but I, I feel it's my right. <laughs> you guys have been a lot of fun. Uh, take care. Have a good one. Hampton down. You guys let him hear it. <laughs> oh, the little turds part is what got me. <laughs> They're so little. Rats are like kind of big. And then they're just like, no, gotta go. (laughs) High metabolism on those guys. So big, turds so small, don't understand. What about squirrel turds? What do you guys think? What do you think the size ratio on a squirrel turd is? Like acorn sized or? (laughs) I'm asking about turd size. I'm doing really well. One time I saw a squirrel fall from the sky. I was just sitting on a stoop, just waiting for somebody to meet me there. Not a squirrel. I was waiting for a person. And then all of a sudden, I heard a branch snap. And then I saw in front of me a squirrel land on the ground on its back, still holding the branch 
that <laughs> it had misjudged the strength of. And then it fell on the ground and then looked at me up. We made eye contact. But it was, it had fallen this way. And we made eye contact, and I was like, whoa. And he went, whoa, and flipped around and ran away. Best moment of my life. I feel like I was going to try to think of something funnier, and I didn't. It's just a squirrel story. So you guys got any ideas on the turd size? or? <laughs> Very funny. Um, let's keep the show going, because we have three amazing comics left. You guys want to hear their jokes? I certainly do. Um, this next comic, it is their first time on the show, and you guys know what we do when it's their first time on the show. We give them a huge round of applause, so get it going right now for the very funny, hilarious writer and stand-up comic, Mike Drucker, you guys! Hey, guys. I, uh, like that Hampton said he's low energy. <laughs> Then went into a 20-minute routine about aborting a rat. <laughs> uh, how's it going, everyone? I'm not a cool guy. I don't know if you can tell that by looking at me. I'm not a cool man. Here's an example. When we were seven years old, we had a writing assignment in my class. If you could be any animal, what would you be and why? My friend Josh wrote, I would be an eagle because eagles can fly. And this girl in my class wrote, I would be a horse because horses are pretty. And I wrote, I would be a jellyfish because when you don't have a nervous system, you can't be sad. <laughs> So, it's a good life. <laughs> That's my whole suicide note. Uh, it's not, it's not. It's more like an ongoing Google Doc. <laughs> oh, who am I mad at today? Type, 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 type. Sorry, you're off the list, seventh grade girlfriends. <laughs> Better luck next time. Uh, I'm, I'm actually dating again, which is, which is weird. Uh, First of all, I got divorced after one year of marriage. Yeah, yeah, it should come with, sure, that's the right response, is scattered applause and confusion. <laughs> Nobody's really sympathetic when you get divorced after one year. <laughs> like, when you get divorced after, like, 10 or 15 years, everyone's really sympathetic. Like, they really want, like, to help out. They're like, oh, my God, you're getting divorced? Oh, oh, you want to sleep at my place? Come sleep at my place. Sleep on my couch. You want to sleep, sleep in my bed. You want to sleep in my bed? You can fuck my wife. You can fuck my wife if you want to. It's fine. I'm so sorry you have to go through this divorce. When you get divorced after one year and you tell your friends, they're all like, I bought you a toaster. <laughs> How could you? Do I had to put on a suit on a Saturday. <laughs> you couldn't try to make it work a little bit? Even worse, uh, I got divorced after one year, the same year my parents celebrated their 35th wedding anniversary. And they threw a party for it, because you should. And somehow I was the bitter old man at my parents' anniversary party. Like, they did a toast where they were like, true love is forever. And I was like, we'll see. It's hard out there, kids. Enjoy it, Dennis and Erica. I, uh, it's weird. I, I broke up with, I also broke up with someone recently and it w was a strange relationship because she liked porn more than I did, which is fine. That's a fine thing to like, but she always wanted to talk dirty like guys in porn and I couldn't because guys in porn are always so masculine. It's always like, I'm going to split you open. And I don't have the authority to say that. <laughs> like whenever I talk dirty, it just sounds like she's at the doctor's office. Like, all right, you're about to feel a little pressure. <laughs> I'm sorry it's cold. <laughs> How's your day been? <laughs> you good? Uh, also, I feel like people always talk about, like, they're like, I could be, I could be in porn. I wish I was a porn star. And I don't. Uh, I don't think I would be good at porn besides uh, owning a mirror. I don't think I would be good in porn because uh, the director would have to keep telling me, don't fall in love. And I think... <laughs> Like, every scene, like, we'd be having sex, and I'd be like, ah, I love you! <laughs> and he'd be like, cut, you're supposed to be her boss! And I'm like, but can I love her? <laughs> Do it over again, but I love you! <laughs> cut, get out of here. 
shouldn't have gotten past the interview. Do you interview for porn jobs? I don't know. Or I guess they audition for them. There's a whole series of videos about it. Forget it, okay. I forgot that you audition for them, usually on a couch. It's, forget it, it's weird. You ever watch those videos and you're like, this is too much for me? That's how I know I'm getting old, is there have been porn videos where I'm like, this is too much, I don't believe this. They've broken the realism for me. Well, clearly she knows. They've shown her face. I know how release forms work. They had to pay her. (laughs) All right. (laughs) There shouldn't be carpet in this doctor's office. All right. I shouldn't have tagged a thing that already wasn't working. (laughs) But I really wanted to dig in deep. I don't know. Porn's not fun for me anymore. It used to be fun. Uh, But I don't know if I'm getting, like, older or more liberal. But, like, now I'll watch it and it just, like, makes me feel weird. Like, I'll be watching it and I'll be like, ah, yeah, you two have sex with each other. And then I come and then I'm like, I'm part of the problem. (laughs) I can't believe this. Glass healing in the workplace is terrible. Andrea Jorkin would hate me. Like, I just don't know what to do. You know, that woman's somebody's daughter. Not that guy's daughter like it says in the title, but she's somebody's daughter. <laughs> really turned you on that one. <laughs> I, uh, by the way, like we were talking about uh, uh, Trump with, uh, not Trump, with the rainbow thing, but the whole rainbow thing. I have a bunch of, I'm from the South, and I have a bunch of uh, family members who supported him, and I was talking to my mom about him. She was like, well, you know, nobody in the Bible's perfect either. <laughs> That was her defense of him when I brought up like the whole like grabbing pussy thing. He's like, nobody in the Bible's perfect. I wish that I could do that at like any time I fail in life. Like if I go to a job interview and just like shit in the middle of the interview and the guy's like, get out of my office. I'm like, but in the Bible, people aren't perfect. (laughs) Then he's like, oh, do you want to be president? And I'm like, no, I don't. I just want to work here. (laughs) And he says, you can't because you shit here. All right. I just thought of that backstage. I apologize for telling that joke. (laughs) Apologize for that. I work in TV, uh, I, I like it, but I kind of, do you guys feel like uh, popular entertainment has now become homework? Like it now feels like, mand- like, has, like, I have a roommate who just watches TV. She doesn't do anything but watch TV and she'll be like, have you watched the 200 hours of the Americans? And I'm like, no, I don't, I have a job. And she'll be like, I can't believe you haven't seen all 200 hours, what's wrong with you? How have you not watched these entertainments? Like, she's mad at me that I haven't seen things that are supposed to be relaxing fun. And she'll, like, have you, like, for example, have you ever told somebody you haven't seen Goodfellas? They treat you like you're in a a scene in the movie Goodfellas. They're like, let's take them out back and beat the shit out of them. You haven't seen this movie. And I'm like, no, I was busy. I got a master's in English literature. I didn't see a lot of things you have. I didn't like Scarface. I turned it off after 15 minutes. It was too much for me. <laughs> True. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's also like, you ever like to, like, whatever, like, like, you don't like something and you're like, oh, I tried it. Like, I watched like three episodes and I was like, not for me. And they're like, oh, no, you need to watch like two or three seasons of it before you get into it. <laughs> you need to put in like 40 or 50 hours until you can relax. <laughs> That doesn't, how is that a thing? (laughs) Again, I wish I could tell that to like exes. I could be like, no, you need to fuck me like 20 or 30 times. (laughs) Then you'll really pick up the (laughs) storyline. The crying scene in episode one really pays off. (laughs) You'll really like it. Self, it's like self-care when someone's like, you need to do self-care. And I'm like, I don't know how I'm stressed out now. Do you ever do that? Like, anyway, my therapist said do more self-care. In the morning, she's like, 30 minutes every morning, do self-care. Now every morning I panic for 30 minutes because I feel like I'm not relaxing correct. I'm like, should I meditate? How do you meditate? I'll download an app. This app doesn't have good reviews. What do I do? Like, I don't know how to do things. I'm now more stressed because I don't want to be stressed. And it's killing me. I, uh, I went to the greatest museum in the world recently. It's called the Mütter Museum. It's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Have any of you guys been there? Yeah. It's legit. If you haven't, it's worth a plane trip. It's the Museum of Medical Abnormalities. Yeah, I'm doing the bit. Deal with it. It's the Museum of Medical Abnormalities, and it's all real. Like, it's all actual stuff. Like, it's not like Ripley's Believe It or Not. Like, they have books bound in human flesh. They have a, they have a person that was so fat when they died, their body turned into soap. It's the only museum I've ever been to where I've heard a curator say to a student, yes, that is fucked up. Like, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful, but the best thing slash worst thing in there is they have this baby that was born without a head. 
Yeah, that's just how the stork brought it. And then the stork was like, I'm getting into the pickle business. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Because they're both in jars. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But what's interesting about this specimen is that it's 200 years old. Uh, so the label on the jar is 200 years old. So it has this very cool old-timey language, like this sort of steampunk language. Back then they just called it language, but steampunk language. And what it said was, child born without a head usually dies after childbirth because it is a condition not compatible with life. <laughs> it's a very beautiful, tactful way to put that, right? I wouldn't have that sort of tact if I were a doctor and my patient gave birth to a baby without a head. If I were a doctor and my patient gave birth to a baby without a head, I'd probably do the worst thing, which is like put it under my chin and be like, hi, mom. <laughs> Mama, dream of me. For the podcast, I stuck out my tongue. Dream of me. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my right time gal. <laughs> like the WB frog. <laughs> So I make, I make fun of myself a lot, which I'm, I'm okay with. I don't mind making fun of myself. Uh, I don't like when other people make fun of me. I was always bullied throughout my life. And my biggest bully wasn't like at school. It was my older sister, who was always very terrible to me. Very terrible to me. To this day, she is terrible to me. Like a couple Christmases ago, uh, we got my, my parents were not doing well. Both had lost their jobs. They both had lost the house. So they did not have money. But for Christmas, they bought me a, a bunch of comic books. They asked some friends what I liked. They bought me comic books. It's a sweet gift to get when your family has no money. And my sister made fun of me. She was like, really, Mike? You're in your 30s. You're reading comic books. What? Do you still think you're going to become a superhero? And that hurt my feelings. So I was like, I don't know, Tiffany. You're in your 40s and you read romance novels. Do you still think somebody's going to love you? Because <laughs> the answer is no. I'm Mike Drucker. Thank you guys very much. Mike Drucker, you guys, let him hear it. Have a great evening. I was going to do some crowd work right here. <sighs> Next time, I guess. <laughs> it's Michigan J. Frog is the name of the WB Frog. Just if you're... Just if you're, if you're keeping track at home of the podcast. You guys, that was Mike Drucker. He was very funny. One more time for him. Let him hear it. All right. We have two more comics on the show. Are you excited? I am very excited. Yes. This next comic, she is a brilliant comedian and writer, and she's just started a new weekly show at the Copper Still called Velvet with Nicole Byer. Please give a warm welcome to Charlotte Lorison right now. Charlotte Lorison, let her hear it. Charlotte was talking about fish, and I was just thinking to myself backstage, do fish concerts ever end? Or do they just continue playing and they just move the show? They just tow it along to the next venue, and people are like, oh, hey, there it is. <sighs> you guys, it's time for our final comic. Are you excited? I am. This comedian is a friend of the show, a friend of mine, and one of my favorite comedians of all time. Please give a warm welcome to Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. Hello, Paul F. Tompkins. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? We're talking into a phone. I'm good. I'm very <laughs> tired. I hate when people Me say too. that. Me too. I but know. sometimes you are, and you're like, I just got to say it. Yeah. That's all that's happening. You, you're in production right now for your show. It's the last week of writing. Yeah. We did a lot of writing this week. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then we went to some houses. Mm -hmm. Looked at some things. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to figure that out. You mean like you were scouting locations? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to figure that whole thing out. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite is when somebody says, like, oh my God, you look so tired. Why would you say that to someone? Who the Has fuck anyone said ever that? said that to you? It might be a lady thing. Maybe it is. You know what? I don't know. Maybe I just look tired all the time. <laughs> <laughs> People are just like, he's tired. I'm not even going to mention it. I know. You know what? That might be a lady thing because I don't know that anyone's ever said that to me. I mean, if it was somebody that knew me intimately. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. But that's just a, like a, somebody's a, like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. Because they're wor actually genuinely worried about you. Yeah. But not an acquaintance <laughs> or a colleague. Like a, oh, my God. You look tired. <laughs> that's my favorite. <laughs> That's my absolute favorite. <laughs> so, so how has it been back on stage again? Do you know, it's been, it's a process. It's, it's like I haven't done new material in, um, in over a year. And so it's been, uh, you know, this is not the fun part. 
You know, oh, yeah. This is not the fun part. And it's, um, you know, this, this particular set I've done three times now. This time was not my favorite time. Sure. Um, and, you know, it's like a bit that I don't have an ending for mm. um, and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it's it's sometimes it feels like more of a struggle than other times. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes it's hard to it's hard to be connected to the material, you know. Oh, yeah. And it's like when you're building time, it would be great if everything was oh, I feel really passionately about this and I can't wait to share this with an audience. Yeah. It's sort of like, I'm at, I'm at the phase of, is there anything here with this? Yeah. And is this worth pursuing? And Do you find that it's harder now because of the current political climate and that yeah. everything is like intense all the time? It is. I, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't feel funny and oh, I, yeah. don't, I don't feel like, um, although I'm capable of being entertained by other things, yes. I personally don't feel funny and I feel kind of paralyzed in a lot of ways and, oh, yeah. and you know I'll go to wh what I would really like is to be able to be funny about the things that are happening and have a point about it but that's also entertaining and that's a tall fucking order and <laughs> yeah you know I don't I don't there's a lot of political comedy that I don't like because uh -huh. it it falls more on the side of making the point than being funny yes and it's like it's easy to be preachy and it's and it's yeah. very tempting it's <laughs> oh, yeah. very tempting yeah. and because of course you're a person you have things that you feel strongly about and things mm -hmm. that you want to you want to like yell you know mm -hmm. but like to me the 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 epitome of perfect political comedy was the colbert report because it was it made great points. It was real satire, but it was always, always, always funny. Like, it oh, always yeah. made me laugh. You Absolutely. Know? In a way that a lot of those types of shows don't do, where they just devolve into, mm -hmm. like, literally a speech, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that show always had jokes. Yeah. You know, it was always funny. And, yeah. you know, but <laughs> that's very daunting for me. Like, well, if that's the thing I aspire to, sure. I'm not even close to that. Oh, boy. But I've never been... I've never been a political comedian, yeah. and I feel like uh, the thing for a lot of us is, are we now? And is this? Yeah. How do you not talk about this stuff? And everything else seems so trivial and stupid. I know. So like, it's, I'm going out yeah. telling some story about like I'm trying to get into meditation, and I feel like who fucking cares? But then also, if you try to work something out that is funny about something that's terrible, if it doesn't work right, then everybody goes. Oh, and then you're just like, well, I don't know how to get out of this because now, or, or people are like, ooh, yeah. and then you, it's just, yeah. everything is very charged. Yeah. And it, it's, it's hard to get everybody on the same page because not everybody's yes. on the same page. Exactly. There's a lot of people that are really angry, and then there's a lot of people that are just trying to not think about anything. Yeah. And so then you're like, I don't know how to unify any of this, but that's the whole thing. Because <laughs> the, 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 the real goal would be, how can I make this funny and where it's not just preaching in the choir and it's, it's something that even if you disagree with me, you can see the humor in yeah. this. And you can also see that I have a point, you know. Yes. And that's such a gigantically yeah. tall order. And I feel I, people can't even have that in conversation anymore. I feel like <laughs> yeah. no one wants to cede any points to each other whatsoever. Yeah. Like yeah, everything yeah. is just it's either this or this. On like there's like three sides of everything. Yeah. And it's I, yeah. But to, and what makes it really difficult is we're in we're in such new territory now with the the current president. It's fucking crazy. And we've never, even George W. Bush wasn't like this. George yeah. W. Bush at least was a governor. Had a semblance you know I mean? of policy. Yeah. In some, I mean, I hated him yeah. actively, but, yeah. and he stole that election too. But at least, like, yeah, he had been a governor of Texas. He was an actual politician. Some idea, yeah. Yes. Some respect for the country. Yeah. At, at least he had some idea of how things worked. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And the fact that so many people <laughs> what are we doing the fact that it, it's just it's mind-boggling that you know now we're dealing with people that are saying 
Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that I voted for Donald Trump and he's not <laughs> right. he's not doing right. the things that I thought he was going to do. I would still vote for him again, though. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You know, wh where do you even begin? These yeah. people that we're supposed to try to understand and, you know, it's fucking crazy. I mean, I I understand that. That's pretty simple. Yeah. Like, that's pretty straightforward. Oh, I think I get There's, it. Yeah. I think I, <laughs> I think I might understand what you're talking about yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, I think that I That whole thing? I yeah. get it. Okay. Well, Paul, this is fantastic. <laughs> out, Megan taking pictures, and Rhea Butcher, I'm your host. See you next week. Hands together. Put your 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 hands together. Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.